Hi, I'm Ian DeLisi. And I'm James Regato. And here we are with another uh, episode of Essential Cooking in our third season here. And James, this conversation we're about to share is got to be one of the most compelling that you and I have done together. Yeah, I'm still processing just the amount of information and challenges that uh, Hamisi Mamba went through, not only to open a restaurant, but just to get to America, start a family, uh, learn English, learn how to cook, learn how to be a chef. I just, I'm still just, uh, I'm reeling from, you know, go on TV, win Chopped. Um, it's, it's just a, what a remarkable human. Absolutely. And his incredible wife, um, who was really kind of the driving force behind the cooking itself and his mother, which yeah. he talks about for sure. And then um, twin daughters that he didn't meet until they were uh, all of two years old when he got here to the United States and landed in Detroit of all places. It really puts things in perspective to, to hear a story like that and uh, to meet somebody as ambitious as Mamba. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we started the interview um, because I had you, who had been on uh, Top Chef, and Mamba straight off of his win um, from the Chopped um, episode. And he was as surprised as anybody that he won. <laughs> and so I thought that it would be a good way for us to start that interview. And so uh, this is one of the more, as we said, one of the more compelling interviews we've ever done on essential cooking. And I thought that would be a good way to start with something you two had in common. So we're going to get to Mamba's incredible story right after this. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. So here we are on Essential Cooking. I'm Andalisi here with uh, my pal James Regato. And today we are joined by co-owner of Baobab Fair, uh, Hamisi Mamba. Um, the story has been an incredible one of your journey to the United States and landing in Detroit and uh, your experience at Freedom House that we want to talk about for sure, something very near and dear to your heart, and your latest initiative to get them a kitchen, which we're going to talk about as well. And then your recent, um, well, your recent victory, I guess, on Chopped. So I guess we should start with that because I have two people who have been on cooking shows at the same time. And I want each of you to kind of talk about what that experience was like. And Mamba, I know this is pretty fresh for you. You just went through that. But what was it like and maybe what surprised you the most? Uh, I feel like my confidence when uh, I went there not to win because I was not the favorite to win the show. I went there just to tell the story and to, to talk about Detroit, to talk about Burundi and to, to, to take advantage of that platform. That's what... That was all for me. I was winning already. That I remember the first day when we had um, the bureau, the food I made everywhere was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Hmm. And then this guy, he is helping as a, a driver. He took me to back to the hotel. He's like, "If you make that meal, same similar to that, you're gonna win this." I'm like, "The driver told you, <laughs> yeah." The the driver told, the driver. yeah. <laughs> I'm awesome. like. And then from there, you know, me, I was going for the bureau. Mm -hmm. That's all. 
I, I'm not, I know that after one, you know, the first appetizer, I'm gonna be kicked out, I'm gonna go home. I didn't put pressure on myself, but that night after he told me that, I was like, hmm, there is something here. Yeah. Why he say that? I was like, I went with the, another, you know, I, I, I saw things in different ways. And then next day you start the show, it's a long day. And then you have you have to be intimidated by the chefs. You know, I didn't even have my knife. Everybody has the knife. You know, everything laying out on the table. I was like, oh my goodness, what am I trying to do? So it was a little bit intimidating. You know, and then from even before that, I was not not in the kitchen that much. I cook at home. I cooked a lot of Boba Fett, but nobody. I didn't wear that chef hat. Nobody knew. So I I was I didn't have enough confidence. Yeah, that's probably why you were so successful was because you went in there without that nothing to those lose. expectations you just went in there being yourself being natural that's probably it was in your in your in your favor yeah and then after that one you know i started i cut myself i was bleeding a lot they don't show in the in the in the show but i cut myself i started building a lot and then the time was running i have to step back and then I was like, what am, I gonna, what am I gonna do? And then I came back, everybody was almost halfway. What were you cooking at that time? So I have scallops. Oh, right, right. And then at the same time I'm cutting myself, I don't even know what I'm cooking because I never cooked scallops before. That was your first time cooking scallops? Yes, that's my first <laughs> time cooking scallops It's amazing. And then what I'm doing right now, right there, I'm smelling, you know, to get idea what is close to. I'm testing raw scallops. Mm -hmm. So then to get an idea what it's close to, and then I say, okay, I'm gonna make tacos. I'm gonna make my tacos, I'm gonna put my scallop inside. I'm I'm going, I'm going. So coming back from, you know, I was bleeding and then I, they have to to help me with it. I came back, everything was good. I was like, okay, I, too, I have only 10 minutes, so I have to do something. And then I was like, okay, let me do it. Yeah. And then look at my plates and my guy who was next to me, Kevin, his plate was amazing, so beautiful. He <laughs> was like, oh my goodness, I can see on my plate. I'm like, oh my goodness, I was about to cast, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this? Oh. And then I was like, okay. So when we presented, after presenting the, the dishes to the chef, and then Chef Mark, he tried, he, he paused, he's like, what did you put in this sauce? I'm like, I'm trying to explain. This is so good. <sighs> I'm like, thanks God. <laughs> <laughs> what was in the sauce? So, you know, I played, I didn't want to take a risk. So I, I used, you know, the acid, lemon. Um, I marinated, first of all, my scallops so then I can get flavors. Um, and then after that, I used uh, lemon and uh, garlic, easy. And then in my tacos, I put butter on it so they can have that crunchiness and mm -hmm. the flavor. So that's all. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. And then weren't you cooking something and you didn't know exactly what it was? Yeah. My second, you know, my entree was uh, ostrich. Because under pressure, you don't know what you're cooking. I didn't read, I didn't have what they're saying because my, I was in the competition already and then I start cooking. You know, I see the meat. I didn't, I, I'm very confident this is beef. I didn't even test it. I start, you know, massaging and marinate my beef. That's in my mind. Until like five, 15 minutes, 
And then I had someone say, ostrich. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> so all this time, I'm approaching this, I'm cooking this as a beef. I'm like, I'm done. So then I went to read to make sure like this is right. Yeah, ostrich. <gasps> <laughs> I tested. Oh, this is great. I was like, okay, let me <laughs> let me keep moving. I was like, okay, this is good. And this, that's probably not the worst protein to confuse because it's at least it's applicable. You can kind of cook it similarly, so it's it's it's, it's funny. You yeah. probably, again, that probably was in your favor because the tre treating like beef is where you were confident. Yeah. And then I think that is where I learned from this uh, competition. Food, every food is similar. It depends how you approach it. And then because all everything I have, all of the thing I have on uh, on the in the basket, I never had this those anything before. But the way you could approach it by smelling or test it, I never saw um, um, what the name of the truffle. Oh, right. That was my first time seeing truffle. I didn't even know what it was. Hmm. I was like, okay. I have truffle. Then you have to use everything in the basket. So right. I cut it. I I I, I, I tested the oh the flavor was so good. In my mind, I'm like already I know how I'm gonna place this one. And then that's the beauty of this show, especially when you don't know what you're doing, what you're gonna have as an ingredient. Growing up in Burundi, you don't know how your day look like. So you wake up in the morning, you go to the market. And what you find to the market, that's what you're gonna cook that day, right? And sometimes you you see new ingredient to the market. You know, farmers they decide they don't wanna tell you that is what we're gonna be, you know, growing this season. You go to the market, you see new thing, and then you have to come back home and you have to cook something. So growing up and seeing my mom doing the same thing, I think I was reflecting to that. I was like, okay, this is my life all the time. So you have to go back where you started. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's good. Some life lessons in that chopped episode. Yeah. That's beautiful, James. Your your situation was a little different. Yeah, it's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, one, you, for one, I didn't win. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which one you win? Uh, I've, I've a couple, but we, you know, I think Anne's probably referring to Top Chef yeah. uh, mm -hmm. season yeah. twelve. I think. Yeah, it was a while, a while ago. It's been like yeah. almost ten years yeah. now. Um, but yeah, I was on Top Chef, which you know you go away for you know two months pretty much. Yeah, and uh, it's a pretty pretty immersive. You tend to approach me for that one. They yeah, did. I mean it's yeah. it's uh, it's a wonderful show. I mean, it's really there's a lot of chefs that have benefited from it. I'm glad I did it. I think for me, t TV is not really where I want to be, mm. but um, it has a lot of value. A lot of my friends have benefited from it, so I, I definitely have nothing but positive things to say. But you know, that was a you know, as a production. Honestly, I do I love I love some of those smaller format shows where you you only gone for a couple of days. You know, obviously you mm -hmm. have a huge opportunity. It's nothing but positivity and you know, wind in your sails. So I think you know, yeah, Chop is a great show. Um, and especially, especially when you win, mm -hmm. I mean, cause not only do you get a little boost of cash, but you get that little bit of that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you have guests coming out for a number of reasons, but Chopped was a, there's, there's people that watch Chopped that don't have other avenues to know about your restaurant. Mm -hmm. So every time you do one of those, one of those, uh, you know, entities, whether it's, you know, um, you know, restaurant of the year or any kind of exposure you can get, Chopped is a good one because there is an audience that only watches, mm -hmm. you know, right. Food Network and then they'll come to you for that. And I was surprised the audience that Chopped has. Oh yeah, it's huge. Mm. People come to the restaurant until now. Yeah, they, I love dropped. I love dropped. I love dropped. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I didn't know that it's gonna. It's huge. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 like a cult following yeah. for sure. You know what's interesting is you had to work alone, and you had to contend with other people. Yeah, I think well, that was different. Well, Top Chef too. You're living in a house with people, 
and then there's yeah. like individual challenges and there's group challenges. So mm-hmm. I think, and it's also like, I mean, Top Chef is definitely geared towards like, you, have to, you know, it's for chefs. Yeah. Chopped is definitely like, you know, they'll, they'll, it's a little bit more of a mixed mm-hmm. bag of like career and right. life, you know, people coming from different walks of life. So I think for you instance, like, you know, you, like you said, you were, you weren't a traditionally trained chef, no. but coming here, um, you know, you certainly are now. And so I think that Chopped is a great format for that. Top, yeah. top Chef is like, they really want chefs to battle chefs. It's a very, mm-hmm. very industry but the, focused But the show. thing about that, when, when you when you got knocked off the show, basically, that's when you had the opportunity to develop what Mabel Gray would be the yeah. biggest the biggest chapter of your life, ostensibly. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, I always joked that like that, that was my first quarantine. You know, it was like when you get kicked <laughs> off the show, you're stuck in a hotel. But yeah, it's a lot more time to reflect, you know, and and look at uh, look at who you are and where you want to be. So I, th- I think that you know, again, those smaller format shows. I mean, even some of the stuff like you know, we did that Gordon Ramsay show during COVID. That oh, was yeah, like a right. week. You know, it's fun. So I, I think the competition isn't, isn't always my favorite. Um, but I think that, like, the collaborative, the food as positivity is definitely yeah. where, my, where my head goes now. I kind of fatigue of the competition. Yeah. But, um, but again, I mean, I think that, like, I also did a grueling, you know, season. Yeah. You know, Sarah Welch was just on last season, and mm-hmm. she yep. was in the top yep. three, I think, yeah, which I is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, everybody, everybody experiences it differently, but... Again, I think that Chopped is a is a great format, especially when there's a restaurant attached because mm-hmm. people get excited about it. Yeah. I mean, even if you're knocked out quickly, I think that you're there, you're talking about your restaurant, there's a little bit of B-roll, mm-hmm. people get excited about it. Mm-hmm. So it's a great it's a great show for people who have businesses attached to it. Mamba, let's go back to Burundi. You talked about your mom and watching her cook. Um, it's such a faraway land for all of us here. And um, I wanted you to talk about what it was like, what your association with food was like when you were a kid, and then how you started to cook. And of course, you know, your beautiful wife um, gets a lot of credit here. No, thank you. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's very emotional. You, to- you, you touched that side because uh, food has a, in Burundi, food has a special place because it's not something that you are, you wake up in the morning and you are ready or you know that you want to have. It's already already is a surprise. Like it's like okay, how you wake up in the morning that you think about what I'm gonna eat, how I'm gonna get it, right? So my mom, um, we we struggle. I'm coming from very very humble beginning, and uh, I was but I was among few who in my neighborhood who went to school and finished college because she worked hard for that. She didn't go to school. She didn't get a chance to go to school, and then she cooked a lot like she had a restaurant and then um, i remember she used to you know supply like food in the market and then we'll be prepping at night and then she'll be cooking in the morning and then after a, a evening when i finished a school i will go back in the market i will grab the dishes for everyone they knew me and then i would get money and i will come back home and sometimes you know the vendors they didn't they don't they didn't get a good day they don't they didn't sell, so I I, I will have my 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 notebooks I will write them down so I come back we're gonna do like who she will be asking me who paid who didn't pay okay because everybody knows me so it'll be easy they will call me Mamba come over you know take it, but for her was not making money was making sure like first we have a meal every day we can eat. And second, 
even the kids in our neighborhood can have the meal because most of uh, every all the friends as uh, all my friends would come to eat at the restaurant so for for her they the was not a business was to make sure like the families feed it the neighborhood is there so they can not miss anything and that is for me is like when i see how food is approached in this country i feel bad because with the value that i know for the food is different food is you can't sell food if you're not generous you cannot sell food because you are feeding people and then i feel like when you touch that side i feel like it's very very personal because i know how much she struggled she would have do did this different businesses she had the capacity to do other things but she was like she used to say like you can sell everything but you're not going to feed your kids and your community from what you're selling if it's not food the mm -hmm. only thing thing that you you can sell if people don't didn't come to eat you can still feeding people mm -hmm. so there is double benefits here and then i remember coming here my background is business right i i had 7 uh, years experience in sales and marketing uh coming to detroit i didn't know anybody i didn't speak the language and after, and you learned to speak english in under a year yeah like 9 months i don't know how when i read <laughs> that about you i couldn't believe it <laughs> yeah That's so amazing. everything was challenging right and so i i just click from there as like okay why she did that she did that because she wanted to feed people and she wanted to make money so we can go to school make a lot of sacrifices as like okay that's the only way we could be where we are we could survive was open a restaurant open there was no any african food around here it was like there's an, an opportunity and then i have to hide this from her like three months because every time she would be like mamba no <laughs> get out of this get up <laughs> <laughs> so it's so funny how i would be so close to her and near her every time and she would be like no go to school i don't want you to cook go to school have a degree so that we can get out of this situation for her I was like no 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 you can be here and i have to hide her because i was like can i have your recipe so i can use as now i want to open a restaurant no way find a job you're in america and you want to cook she that she didn't get it right it's like you can't you are in america there is a lot of opportunities there so you have to find a job but she didn't she couldn't understand the situation yeah is what, there i'm sorry what does she think now she's so proud <laughs> is there a dish you make that's uh from her specifically is there is there like is there what what is the one thing that she, you wish that you could eat right now from her the pilau the rice pilau yeah mm. the, the rice pilau is hers and but it was challenging to get her recipe too. i would say do you think you make it as well yes i think so wow. i think i make it and then i feel like that is where even so the way me and nadia we work together so i'm like an architect i can write down ideas i can bring ideas and nadia she can be like a builder she can execute it and then i would be the one to come and test right is like this is missing something this is miss something because i have those memories from back and then this is very interesting to talk about for her her recipes she can tell you like put a little bit of salt you don't know how much how much salt you have to put one <laughs> um piece of onion the onion there is smaller than here this is this is like you you mm -hmm. have to adjust how 
so for her, her recipes are in her head. She don't know how to write down, but she can tell you, and then you can. So you have to test that food to understand the exact amount of what she want to or, or what she's explaining. So everything was challenging because she would give you ingredient and how to the process, how to cook it, but the size of the ounces, the amount you mm. don't know. So you have to to bring it by yourself. So that's a challenge I'm giving myself myself. Uh, to, if I have to write a cookbook, I think I will go that way without putting the the amount of ounces, so that p- people can you know create what, yeah. something for themselves and understand your struggle. Yes, <laughs> of trying to make mom's food from word of mouth. Um, you know, Amamba, we should talk about Nadia a little bit because her story is so compelling. Yeah. Um, and your story together certainly is. But her personal story is um, its inspirational for sure. And she was incredibly brave. Um, and yeah. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your lovely wife. So I feel like Nadia, she's the only person I know who does everything perfectly especially when she didn't ask for, she didn't make that choice. Everything she's been in or everything she's doing, she never asked for or she, that was not her plan. This is something planned that is happening and she follows and she make it the right way. You know, Nadia worked in a, a non-profit back home in Burundi and then she was, um, the, at that time that non-profit was trying to help kids, right? And then she found out kid was not going to school because moms was raped by people who were very close to the government and the police. At the same time, so she thought these kids are not going back to school because they don't have enough food. She brought a program so where they can cook food at school so kids can come. And then it didn't work out. That didn't happen. She was like, what is it? She started digging in. What is the problem? And she found out like this mom was afraid to send their kid to school. Even the school couldn't uh, unroll them because you cannot be enrolled in Burundi if you don't have mom and dad named. Oh, okay. So she was fighting, which she's okay, I understand, but this is exception. You have to waive. So this, this uh, you know, policy, those the kids can go back to school. And then unfortunately, people who was behind tried to, you know, to, to kill her. That's the reason that she have to, 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 to come to, to the United States and find herself a Freedom House. I get a Freedom House. After a couple of months, she found out she was pregnant. Again, she didn't ask for it. <laughs> and then after <laughs> and you couple, weren't with her. No, no, I was back in Burundi at that you time. You were back in Burundi and she was here. Yeah, she was here. And after a couple of months, she found she, was, she has a twins. Again. And then I had to wait, we have to wait like two years and a half before I came here. So everything for her was like, okay, how am I gonna make it? And then she was, she's brave enough to, to overcome. I don't even know how she does it to overcome all those situations. And then I remember even for business side, when I came home, I was like, okay, we have to start a business. Just like business, what kind of business? <laughs> she's an amazing cook. If she's cooking, she's, She's, I, that's why I'm, I didn't, 
people didn't even know that I, I can cook because <laughs> she's in the kitchen. I'm like, no, I cannot do nothing. So she was like, okay, I don't, because of that trauma she went through, she's like, I don't, I don't see anything that can work with me. I, I, she lost her confidence. When I say like, hey, let's start a business, right? So after that, we're just leaving Freedom House. Then we were going through Hatch Detroit competition. I say, can you make some food so then we can bring so for judges? It's like, okay. She didn't want to do that. And then after she joined, at the restaurant again, she joined. Everything she joined. And then she's a very tough woman, but you have to know her to discover that. She's so sweet from outside and calm. She doesn't, you don't gonna see her on TV, on news, on anywhere. We try to force her right now because people <laughs> claim her, <laughs> but it's not her thing. Even for, for Chopped, right? The invitation was destinating to her. She was the one who's supposed to go. Oh. Yeah, because it's like, okay, we Nadia can come. It's like, no, I cannot go there. I was oh. like, this is a huge opportunity I have to go. And she's the one who has more cooking experience. Yes. Yeah. But she's, uh, she can't cook under pressure. Yeah. She can't even cook when people are seeing. <laughs> really? She, yeah. This is not how she is. Well, she's, I'm glad we're talking about yeah, her. Yeah. She's not, I mean, that's just, I mean, I know we touched on it quickly and maybe more people know, but she's here at Freedom House in Detroit, you know, pregnant, has twins, and yeah. you aren't, you, you aren't coming stateside until, Two, two more years? Two, two and a half, almost two. So she came 2013, April. I came 2015 in November. Wow. Yeah. And that was the first time you seeing saw, the girls. Seeing the girls. Yeah. That's first time incredible. seeing the girls. Same time being dads, I would say. There's so many things about your, like, one element of your of this vast story is, is really, uh, intense to understand that, you know, for, for so many people, I think so many of our listeners and just, you know, living their lives, you know, looking at minor inconveniences. And then you hear this story of how you, you know, how, how you built the, not only the restaurant, but your life here. It's remarkable. I mean, even just, even just one detail is just, it's just, no. it's just, uh, very, very, very hard to imagine. Thank you. I, I don't even know how we do that. <laughs> but I feel like the secret here is uh, the, the team that me and Nadia has started as together and then the team that we have right now. and uh, At the how, restaurant? At the restaurant, yeah. yeah how, how people, how staff and managers and everyone believe in what we are doing. How many employees do you have right now? We have 38. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, we have 38. And so what are your hours right now? Uh, 11 to 9, Tuesday to Saturday. So five days. And Sunday, 11 to 8. Okay. Six days. Six days. Yeah. And are you prepping on the seventh day too? Are you got someone, someone's always at the restaurant? Someone, so we prep every day. We, that's a challenge that we have. That's why we are looking for a second location. Yeah. It was uh, very important because we have a very small kitchen. And then another thing is like, honestly, to be honest with people and transparent, we didn't know what we were doing starting the business. No, nobody does. I mean, you open yeah. a restaurant, even if you think you know, you don't know. Yeah, we... Because, we, we, well, you, how busy... Okay, look at your first year, right? You probably yeah. were doing okay, but now, right, it's you have a, you have a different business today yeah. than when you opened. Absolutely. And then for, for us, we opened in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, right? it's true. Mm -hmm. And then everybody was closing. We had a lot of expenses. It was like, we want to close our door before even open. And then all the uh, grant money or all the help was there was not 
for us because we just we didn't have any support. You didn't, yeah. You also didn't have a business to you didn't to, have any numbers. The numbers to, to show, yeah. right? So we had to open, and then we had this small kitchen. We would be me, Nadia, and somebody like two guys. That's all. But now it's like six, seven people in that kitchen. I mean, I remember I I, I got carry out during COVID. It was awesome. I think it was the first time I tasted your food was Thank during you. COVID. It was delicious from a chef. Mm -hmm. No, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody you, knows. That. I think that's. Yeah. I think that. You know your food. I think you, even if you didn't have this incredible story, I think Baba would be a successful restaurant. It's delicious, and you guys do a great job. Thank I'm you. just like you know, hearing these things in chronological order and unraveling them. I mean, it's 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 remarkable. I think it's why you've told this story so many times. Why so many people are interested in it because you have something that would be good regardless, and then you add all the, you know, the, the, all the difficulties that you've had to overcome. But I think like food, they've they've and not to be cliche, but they've enhanced. You've, you've taken these challenges and you've made them enhance your business and enhance your vision. And I think that's what chefs do and why maybe you're not, yeah, your business background, seven years sales and marketing, mm -hmm. but it seems like you have the spirit of a chef. Your mom certainly did. Yep. And that's, uh, I think you're, you're seeing it in real time right now, or we are seeing it in real time right now. Um, Mamba, let's talk a little bit about landing. Of all the places you could have ended up, you ended up in Detroit. Yeah. Into this completely different world and Nadia's you know pregnant with twins and you end up she ends up at Freedom House yeah. um, and they really took care of you both and I had your, it and I had it Detroit I came in November it was so cold <laughs> what's the average temperature in Burundi uh, I'll say 80s yeah yeah 70 something so you it's, ended up here in November that was a bad time oh, for you it was to show up. Crazy! <laughs> it's a it was, rough month for your first visit. Yeah, <laughs> I hated it. And then you go start Google it. You know, Google like what is Detroit. You see all the bad news. Is like, oh my goodness, what am I doing here? But you don't have a choice, right? The only shelter in the country that can provide you legal support, um, shelter, medical assistance, and food together is right here in Detroit. That's only because we didn't have anybody, so it was just right here in Detroit. So I, I always say it's not was not a, a, a choice, but was a destiny for mm -hmm. for us. And uh, for, for that after that one, I feel like the spring came over. We loved it. Winter, uh, summer, I was amazing. I was like, oh, <laughs> let's stay there. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> it's, if it's not forever, if it's, not, <laughs> it's okay. So. Yeah, and then, you know, Freedom House is, uh, not only that, you meet people from different backgrounds all over the world, right? And you learn, that's the most thing I, I, I always say, you learn from other people's culture, so, and respect other people's culture, and they love you from the perspective that you have from those people, right? And then I feel like it was a, a good um, school, it's still a good school, and then you see like everyone who's in the house had something back home. So you can't make it to Freedom House if you didn't have a good job. If you're not, if you didn't have, you will not reach back home because it's very, very expensive from where you're coming from in Africa to make it to Detroit, right. to Freedom House. So that means that person had, or that person has a background. Mm -hmm. That person has something. And you see people, they're coming to Freedom House, they're getting humble. 
they have to you have to start from zero mm. you have right. to start again and then you find in a room if someone is telling you what he was doing i was a doctor i was doing this i was a lawyer i was this i was an engineer i was like wow so you start realizing how life can turn in a short amount of time you worked in a factory right in belleville yeah i worked in a factory in belleville after getting my jobs i couldn't get a job in detroit around right. there was no nothing around here so i got a job in uh, in belleville so I'll drive there. But again, I I would think about my mom. I was like, Mamba, go back to school. You can have a better life. I was like, this is not the life that my mom could be proud of. Or this is not something I want to give back to my kids, right? And I, again, there's nothing wrong, but you are with machines, right? Again, I don't, my English is still, uh, I don't know how a lot of things, people, communication, and I'm not gonna learn anything about any about this country, about the culture, about the language with machines. I need to interact with people. I need to talk with people. And then that was my thing. I was like, I have to get out of this situation. Yeah. yeah. How has the Detroit community uh, received Babab? They loved it. It was not easy. The first time, you know, when we started, because they didn't understand, they didn't know what was, you know, the concept. And then we start doing different, we did a lot of, of uh, street food festivals. So mm -hmm. we bring like our tents and our table, we start selling food, we start talking, telling these stories and telling who we are and why we are here. Sometimes like, why Detroit? Yeah, of course. Yeah, because we don't have any home now, that is our home. And then we don't, we are here to stay. We're not here to go. So this is the only home we have. And so s s once people start getting that message, they support you. They are there for you, you know. And people who I would always um, uh, be grateful for is uh, Sandy Levine. For, yeah, yeah, Sandy, yeah. Sandy Levine. So As Sandy Levine was... Um, yeah, so Sandy Levine, for, he was the first person who has introduced me to the food industry in Detroit. He has, I think, an event, and then he brought me in. I, I, I start, you know, meeting. Again, this is not my background. I don't even know anything. I remember, like, my first time, my uh, the architect was asking, write down your menu. I don't have a menu. I don't know how to do this. It's like, what you going to be cooking? I'm telling her what I'm cooking. It's like, really? <laughs> how are you going to cook this? You know? So it's all those challenges, but again... We had people in Detroit who was there for, you know, to help. I, I, this is not just me and Nadia or Baba, it's the whole community has helped us to, to be where we are right now. And we are so grateful. I think that's something special too about our, our food scene here is we don't have such a huge food scene that it feels like competition. Yes. And Sandy's a great ambassador of that. He's always had an open door policy. He's a wonderful guy. And I think that we, most of us want to see the other one succeed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really unique thing about our food set because we have, we don't have a, a ton of really great restaurants. We have room for more. Mm -hmm. So when somebody is, is as ambitious as you are or were and still are, you know, it's easy to cheer that on. So I think that, you know, yeah. I, I hope if anybody's thinking about opening a restaurant, like, you know, that's an inspiring mm -hmm. story is that you did it without any connections and yeah. you, just, you just start going. But Detroit to me is the right place for that kind of business because Absolutely. we want to see success. We want to see people mm -hmm. um, turn a vacant building into something special. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's something very important. And then I've been, uh, for after, you know, starting the restaurant, I've been playing that role too, you know, 
we have a lot of um, African followers now. They're coming and ask questions and, you know, mentorship. Like last year, we had a uh, little Liberia who won the, she won the Hatch uh, Prize. And then I was mentoring her. And you see, we, we give our space too for, for, for free of charge every once uh, Monday of the month when we close so they can have pop up there. And so then this is, as you say, like a lot of people did us to us and then we didn't want to break that chain, yeah. how we can keep yeah. doing these things to help others. Yeah. And it's such, we have such a good pop-up scene in Detroit for that reason. Yeah. Uh, Mamba, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Freedom House and the kitchen you're trying to build there. So you you gave donated your money from your winnings from Chopped to get this going. And you're trying to build them a proper kitchen there, especially given how many people will continue to come through there and want to cook. Certainly if you come to this country and you want to be able to cook food from your homeland, from your country and have a space to do that. I'm sure that's got to be part of why you wanted to do it. So tell us how it's going um, with raising money for getting this kitchen. It's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big undertaking for sure. Oh, for sure. But again, um, I want to touch one point why it's very, very important to have a kitchen at Freedom House. Yeah. Freedom House has now 75 residents living in the house and then they don't have a kitchen. Remember, everyone who lives in Freedom House, the only thing, they, everyone who's there has a mental health problem now because the stress they're going through. First of all, you don't know how your case is going to be. They may deport you. You have a family back home and their family think that you're in America so you can support them and you don't have nothing. So there is a lot of things going on mentally. The only place that they can get the therapy is in the kitchen, make food. That's the only place you see people happy at Freedom House. You go in the kitchen, you make food, you eat. That's the only thing that's, that's the only thing that can make people happy. And then imagine you don't have that small thing. I call it small because it's what they are dealing is huge. The small thing that that's very primary everyone is a right for everyone, I think, to have a kitchen, to have what to cook, but they don't have it. So going there, I was like, I felt so bad because it just moved for a new building and that building doesn't have a kitchen. I was like, I think this is something we have to do. So after I was like, okay, how about if we start a campaign so we can raise more money so we can build this kitchen? I Again, it's not just me and Nadia, it's the community. We're going to bring everybody together so we can, we can do this. So we started as a campaign. We have a spot fund. Uh, campaign and uh, people can donate there. Also, I'm going to start doing different events, you know, cooking. So one event that I'm trying to do is the same uh, menu that uh, I did that uh, chopped to have that one so we can raise more money. We don't know the venue yet. We don't know where we're going to be, but that's what we want to do. And keep pushing this so we can we can build the kitchen. We, it's needed. We are looking, we're targeting 120,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel so far we are almost at uh, plus what I, I've put in and so a big donor that does it. Someone just donated 10,000. We're almost at 40K. Oh, that's 40, wonderful. 000. Yeah. So again, it's, 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 I'm sure. And that's what, if I wouldn't be in Detroit and then know how people cares, I wouldn't bring this, you know, uh, I would say this campaign to Detroit because I know people will, we'll do it and we're going to do it together because that's 
minimum thing that everyone deserves to have. Do you miss Burundi? A lot. Yeah. Can you go back there? Not now. I'm um, I'm in my process of getting my uh, citizenship. Uh, so maybe once I get it, if I'm going back as a U.S. Uh, uh, citizen, so I, I will be protected. Yeah, but I can't wait. It's uh, And again, we do a lot of business too back there. Mm -hmm. We started uh, to... Because it's, uh, Burundi is well known on coffee. Yeah, mm -hmm. the best coffee in the world is coming from Burundi. <laughs> so, but unfortunately, farmers over there, they don't get anything from what we enjoy here. So we started uh, working with closely with farmers. So we bring Bur coffee from Burundi and we roast here in Detroit and we sell around. And the goal here is to start supporting and cut all these middlemen so we can have better price to them so they can and then doing different uh you know projects over there send the kid to school because the big problem until now we still have is these kids are not going to school if they cannot go to school how are they going to negotiate you know the trade so we want them to give to, to empower them is to give the opportunity to the kids so they can go to school and start you know being the business yeah where is this coffee available right now so the coffee is um Maya's. Oh, really? uh, so yeah. what is the, who's roasting it? Uh we we have two roasters now. We have um uh, uh, uh Okay, yeah, in uh in Clawson. Clawson? Sabbath, yeah. Yeah. And then we have uh the Germac at Eastern. Oh yeah, Market. yeah, Germac, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's how That's we, right. I read that. Yeah, that's how we started. And then it's doing well. It's doing very well. So we have natural coffee and washed coffee. And natural coffee we brought it because it's not something you see around. And it was like, this and it has a lot of big story, you know, and this is our heritage. And we, it's, we, we see that it was a lot of people that didn't even know about it. It's a lot of work, but it's our heritage as you said, we have, we have to uplift it. So cool. Yeah. Well, you're an incredibly inspiring human. Thank you for your work, uh, around Detroit and, 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 and beyond. Thank you. And, James. uh, I mean, if nothing else, you make delicious food. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, yeah, now I'm so hungry right now. I know. <laughs> we have to stop by. Yeah, I will. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, that was thank you for sharing a remarkable story. No, thank you so much. Thank you, Mamba. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We would like to thank you for listening. Essential Cooking is produced by me, and Alisi, along with my co-host, Chef James Rigato. This episode was also produced, engineered, edited, and mastered by Connor Anderson, with production support from David Lyons. Original music by the Mallet Brothers. Essential Cooking is a production of WDET's public radio station.